Welcome to our podcast, Growing Give and Take Kids, Power Traits for Life. This program is brought to you by Victoria Kindle Hodson and Mary Emma Willis of Reflective Educational Perspectives. They are founders of the Learning Success Institute and Solomar Academy Independent Study Program. They are also co-authors of Discover Your Child's Learning Style and Self-Portrait Power Traits Assessment. Their mission is to give parents and teachers the tools to empower kids to thrive in the real world by focusing on their strength, or as they call it, power traits. Please visit powertraitsforlife.com or reflectiveed.com for more information. You can also check out learningsuccessinstitute.com and solomaracademy.com. Welcome to Give and Take Kids Power Traits for Life. This episode is called School at Home Made Easier. I'm Mary Emma. And I'm Victoria. And today we're going to talk about different kinds of learners and how to make um, this school at home time easier for everybody involved, the students, the teachers, the parents, and also hopefully more fun. More and, fun. We yeah. Need that, yes, we, we do. <laughs> Oh, please. Yeah, so um, so I'll start talking about the movers. If you have kids that need to move, whether they're hands-on or, you know, whole body movers, they really need a, a lot of uh, walking around time or exercise time. So here are some tips for those students. Um, teach them, I mean, you actually can teach them to take movement breaks. So um, you can set a timer. Eventually, they can learn to do it for themselves. They set a timer for every 15 to 30 minutes. It depends on the age and, um, you know, how active that student is. And then the student works for that period of time and then takes a break for five or 10 minutes and set another timer. Um, During that break, that student can walk around the room, jump rope, run around outside, shoot some baskets, whatever it is um, that is available for that student to do to take that movement break. Um, Then there's the exercise ball. If you have one of those um, big balls that are used for exercise, experiment with the students sitting on it. You know, nowadays, a lot of classrooms actually have those. They're even made specifically for classrooms and the kids sit and, you know, there's that little movement, that little bit of rolling back and forth. And for some kids, it's just enough to, to give them that little movement that they need so that they can focus on the work that they have in front of them and even maybe spend more time because they do have that movement going on. Um, another thing is to build movement into the work itself. For example, if a student has facts to memorize, they can try bouncing a ball in rhythm to what they're saying, um, or jumping rope while they're stating those facts to memorize, or they can bounce on a trampoline while rehearsing the information. Or the student can uh, can record what they're trying to memorize, and then walk or jog or jump or whatever while listening to the recording. 
So they're hearing it back, but they're moving while they're doing that. Um, then there are the stress balls. Those are the little balls or the little doohickeys that they can have, little beanbag things that they can um, kind of squeeze and sort of move back and forth between their hands. A lot of students, when they have those squeeze toys, again, it's something that gives them that little bit of movement and it makes them able to concentrate on other things. And sometimes, Miriam, those are called uh, focus fidgets. Right. They're fidgety things that help you focus. Yes. Although <laughs> those twirly ones that go round and around, I don't know what those are called. I I don't think those are no. really good for this. Well, um, yeah, they <laughs> fall off the desk. And are they the little tops you're talking about? That- no, these these came out a while ago, and they spin around and like in front of your face. And oh, I think they're yes. more numbing than any. They're not no, really the kind. It needs to be quiet, like you yeah. said, like a little squeeze ball. Yeah, or um, a little bean uh, bag bean or something. Bag. Yeah, yeah, something soft. Right. Not noisy. Movement it gets people all charged up again. So, right. Yeah, so I this think. is their movement of squeezing the ball, not something else like moving in front that of moves. their face. Yes, it's almost exactly. hypnotic. You know, that's not what we're yeah. talking about. Um, yeah, yeah that's that a good straight. point. Yeah. So then um, another thing um, could be doodling. Yeah. It's more of a writing activity in a way, but it's still keeping that hand active. Um, If you have a doodler, encourage the doodling, encourage drawing things out while they're studying or solving a problem, or even if they're trying to to process uh, something they're reading, that they would start. It it doesn't have to be a great picture. It can just be a design, a doodle or a little graphic that they're drawing, but it helps their brains to process what's going on. Often we discourage that and think that they're not paying attention or goofing off, but actually that can help them to process. So that's for the movement learner. Did you want to add anything there, Victoria? Well, we've seen it in our office so often. Kids will come in and they're uh, kind of wiggling around in their chairs and they're standing up or wanting to, and the parents would say, sit down, pay attention. But those kids give us clues, don't they? That they need something to be doing. So we will offer them pencil or paper, some little squeeze thing, something. Yes. They're they're trying to tell us something. Yes. Movement. Yeah. So and and um especially the the doodlers, I think, or even the ones that, you know, need that movement on the exercise ball or the squeeze ball in their hands, it also helps them process auditory information a lot better because yes. they can listen better while they're doing those things. Yes. Okay, so you can experiment with some of those. Um, now the for the picture learners, those students that need to see pictures, graphics, charts, um, that's just the clue they need to see. So even if they can read well, print might still not be their best way of taking in information. And they might need visuals to um, increase their comprehension and even memory of what they're studying. So teach them to find visuals and make use of them. Again, depending on age, 
you might have to um, come up with some things for them or together, you know, be searching on the internet or wherever you need to search. But the point is that eventually they can do this for themselves. Because again, all of these tips and strategies are life skills. And uh, if the kids really get them and see how effective they are in their lives now, they will carry those things with them. Yes. Yeah, so are you going to give some examples of visuals? So, Yeah. So for yeah. example, um, whatever topic nowadays somebody's studying, it's, you know, it's going to be uh, somewhere on the internet, right? In picture form, um, charts, maps, videos, how-to videos on YouTube, and you just search and you can find things. Yeah. Graphs. Mm -hmm. uh, pictographs, um, where it take, they take the information and they put it in those graphic, you know, formats, mm -hmm. anything that's in a mapping format, clustering, all of those kinds of things. Yes. In fact, when you, when you look up something in, uh, on Google or Yahoo or wherever, there is that choice at the top to have images show yeah. up. So whatever subject you choose, you can click on images and then all this array of visual come up. For yes. You. So and another aspect of this is going back again to the student who draws or doodles. It's making the pictures for themselves. So it's it's still a, a, a picture format, but they've made the pictures. So again, if they're um, reading something, they might draw pictures or graphics, some little design or whatever of the um, characters, the setting, they're reading history, and they might doodle about that, or mm -hmm. uh, draw pictures of math word problems, those yeah. word problems that sometimes we think they're so simple, they just say, you know, so-and-so had two things, and somebody came in and gave her three, how many now? But because there's so many words, they can't do it. They could do two plus three, but they don't realize that's what they're supposed to do. So making a little picture of it for themselves, mm -hmm. even if it's two just balls, little stick figures or yeah. whatever, exactly. you know, little circles, anything, but it helps mm -hmm. them to see what the, the problem is about. And then we've got the audio, um, the auditory people. So several things there. First of all, Lots of things nowadays are, are available on audio, whether yeah. it's a textbook or any book that's assigned to read. So when possible, if you have an auditory type learner, um, help them by giving them access to those audio books. And then hearing their own voices can be the thing that they need, which means um, they need to read out loud um, or record themselves reading the material and then listen to it back. So if you have that type of learner that needs to talk out loud, then maybe they need to be in a corner or a different room if you have other kids there too, or if you're trying to do your own work, then need quiet. Uh, on the other hand, you could have the people who need quiet put on... Um, earmuffs or what are they called noise, noise canceling yeah, yeah whatever <laughs> yeah so you can experiment with earphones ear mm -hmm. whatever you know and somebody might need music so then you would um, have them have their earphones with some music playing 
Right. In fact, Maryama, I was just talking to someone yesterday, one of the young people I coach, and she said, I have to read out loud. Yeah. And she, she said, it just, I just don't comprehend if I don't yeah. read out loud. So finding the place for that person, or as you said, <laughs> put on your noise canceling mm. earphones. They can whisper out loud right. too. They don't have to yell it. And the thing is, um, students won't know to say this. You know, they might be trying to do it just because unconsciously they kind of know that they need to do it. But if they're berated for it and if they've tried to do it in the classroom, you know, of course they can't there because everybody's got to be quiet. And so if they've heard enough time, stop that. Don't read out loud. You're disturbing the others then you're going to need to encourage them and let them know, hey, you've learned some new information here. There are some people, not just students, not just young people, but adults who need to read out loud. So any of these suggestions we're giving you, you will have to start the ball rolling first and say, hey, you know what? I noticed you're doodling and sometimes adults have said, stop that, but now I have new information and I get that that is really helping you. So let's talk about that. And I want to encourage you to do that or, or any of these other tips. Right. There is also that little phone thing. It's like a phone, old fashioned phone receiver that you can close from your ear to your mouth. Oh, right. Yeah. You could there on Amazon and you, you can even whisper into it, but it goes right into your own yes. ear. So you can be reading at a very low, you know, vocal mm-hmm. uh, point, but be hearing it loudly and clearly in your own ear. They used to have those in language labs at school. I don't yeah. know if they still do, because when you're trying to learn a new language, you can really hear what you're right. saying. Right, yes. <laughs> okay, and so then the last one there on the listening or verbal learners is discussion. If it's possible to have a discussion with a student who needs who can learn better by discussing it out loud with somebody else. So it could be either you, the parent, that has time to do that. Maybe they're doing a lesson um, in science, history, or whatever, and they're just not getting it until they say it out loud and talk it over with someone. Or it could be a group of students who get get on Zoom or, you know, one of these programs and talk it out with each other. Uh, So again, it's being aware of some of these things that in a way, there's a little bit of common sense, but we don't think about them. And we're not used to, you know, people who are doing school at home right now, they might be used to helping with homework a little bit, but not used to doing full-on school all day long. Okay, so then we've got um, environmental factors. And um, the first one is sound. We mentioned it a little bit um, already, but some people need total quiet. Some people need to to hear noises, just normal noises going on. If it's too quiet, they can't think. Some people need to be in a room with others who are talking to themselves and, um, you know, not to that person, but just hearing that sort of conversation in the background helps them to concentrate, whereas somebody else could never do that because they 
be listening in, you know, on on the conversations. Distracting. Yeah. Right, right. So that wouldn't work. And then others do best with music. So these are also things to uh, experiment with. And they can make a world of difference. Sometimes these things sound like, oh, big deal. Like, you know, that's not going to make much difference. But for some students, it can make a huge difference. All right, now we've got the position. Are you sitting? Are you standing? And again, some students do better, sort of lying down on the floor or the bed. Yeah, re reclining. Reclining, mm -hmm. beanbag mm -hmm. chair. I did all my homework as a kid on the floor. That was my best place. Still others need to be standing up. So maybe working at an easel or a whiteboard or um, a tall table like a drafting type table, or just make one, or, you know, build it up. Or since you're, most people are home, maybe that could also be a project, <laughs> making the tall table. <laughs> yes, have them build their own table first. <laughs> Being able to get up frequently and walk around might be the thing they need. And some people do their best thinking while moving. So again, if they're trying to memorize or get something in their heads, they might be listening to it and walking around, bouncing a ball, whatever, as they're learning the material. So, so those are things to um, experiment with. The sitting, whether it's a desk, a table, the floor, a beanbag chair, the bouncy ball, um, reclining, bed, couch or floor, and standing up, the easel, a board, a drafting table, even the counter, if you've got a tall counter. And then we mentioned the exercise ball. Okay, now we've got lighting. Lighting can matter too, again, not for everybody, but for some people it can be crucial. Fluorescent lighting has been shown to um, really affect adversely many, many students and adults. And kill houseplants. Uh, and kill, yes. So if you <laughs> if you have houseplants and you need to put lights over them, you know, you cannot put fluorescent lights. They will die. That is why you have to get those lights called grow lights in the nursery. Full spectrum sort of light, I suppose. They, huh? They're full spectrum. It's the, it's the same as, as going outside and getting the full spectrum of light. Um, which uh, the fluorescents are not, and people can get headaches. I know, Victoria, you've talked about that when you were in school yeah. having such terrible. bad headaches. Terrible, terrible. And um, in some classrooms, I know they've allowed caps or something, The um, what is that called? The <laughs> I can't think of the name of the... Oh, the visors. Visor, the visor, thank you, yeah to sort of shield a little bit from that light. But mm -hmm. if you do have fluorescent lights over the place where students are working and it looks like, you know, that can, I mean, it can make them hyper, it can make them feel a little sick. Um, in classrooms, they've actually done studies where they swapped out those lights for the, similar to the grow lights. And uh, the ones in the full, with this full spectrum lighting had much fewer days of, of sickness, which is really interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So um, you might 
go to the nursery or you know Lowe's Home Depot somewhere and look into the full spectrum lighting if you're spending a lot of time under them and that could go for the adults in the house as well uh, so that's lighting and then I've got one more category which is colors again it might sound a little silly but some people really react to the colors around them and if they have some colors that they just can't stand um, it just might make them really antsy and not able to concentrate or focus. So oh, you might experiment with color, uh, get get something that's a allow the kids to have things around that are their favorite color if that is something that can really help them. And you can have this conversation with them. I do remember um, right now a mom that wrote us that said that, when uh, she did the self-portrait assessment for her child, uh, one of the questions on there is about favorite color. And, uh, of course, she already knew her child's favorite color, but she never thought of it as something that could affect learning. When she saw it on there, she saw her favorite and she saw her least favorite, and she realized that the table they were using to do homework on every night was her least favorite color. And it took hours to do her homework. So when she saw this on the results, she switched it. She put a tablecloth or something on it, the table that was the, her favorite color. And all of a sudden, it was so much easier to do her homework. She was just blown away, the mom. She couldn't believe the difference it made. And that's why she wrote us about it. So again, it might seem kind of silly or ridiculous, but... For some people, some of these things can make a huge difference. And they're pretty simple. They don't really cost a lot or anything sometimes. So that it, they're worth, um, you know, checking out. And, and it, it's so interesting because if the kids can say what their favorite colors are and choose their binders and pencils and things like that and uh, get the colors they like, they're participating in the whole process, and they yeah. just love, love to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you might have... Oh, go ahead. Well, it just lifts the energy of the, the whole thing. Definitely. And you might not be able to, you know, paint the whole room over or right. change the carpet or something big like right. that. But you can add favorite colors to a study space or even the, just the desktop. Um, bring in plants or some art or even art that the students create themselves. Throw rug, a little throw rug, a beanbag, you know, chair in their favorite color, or even just the squeeze toys <laughs> in their favorite mm -hmm. colors. Mm -hmm. um, pillows, other accessories, things like that. And of course, you mentioned the pens, the notebooks, and the binders. Um, and then they can wear their favorite colors too, and that lifts up um, the energy. <laughs> So um, there was a study, by the way, uh, done in classrooms, which shows how powerful colors can be. Um, uh, this is a quote from Dr. Morton Walker, who was involved with this. When architects changed schoolroom walls from orange and white to blue, uh, students' blood pressure dropped and their behavior and learning comprehension soared. So now this is a case of a color that affected, 
you know, everybody. Right. Because colors can affect mood. Right. Definitely. I I do not do well with orange. Mm -hmm. I, I immediately get kind of a tension in my eyes and I get pulled back. And yeah, in fact, I was just remembering old memory. I did a paper on this when I was in teacher training, the effects of colors and those reds and oranges. Uh -huh. Often there's kind of startling colors. They do have powerful effects. So, Yeah, and we know that there have been studies about putting red, you know, in restaurants because mm -hmm. you eat more. <laughs> it's lots of those <laughs> kinds of things. So um, you might just Google you know, effect of colors and, and uh, look up what the general, in general, what colors might do to affect people's <laughs> moods besides the idea of your own favorite colors um, being able to affect your uh, concentration and focus. So um, those are the tips that I have for today. Did you want to add anything else to that? I don't think so. I think that covers it. Okay, so that's it for today. Um, again, this is Growing Give and Take Kids, Power Traits for Life. If you have any questions, you can email us. My email is m at learningsuccesscoach.com. And your email? Victoria at learningsuccesscoach.com. And of course, you can go to our website, Power Traits for Life. Dot com and our Facebook page, Power Traits for Life. There's so much information there about making school at home easier. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.